<clears throat> Hold on. Let me find my white voice really quick. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> Is that your radio voice? Hello. No, that, that's, that's my, welcome, my attempt. Welcome back to, to Happy Hour from Berto Kaufman. I, that's my attempt to white person voice. Oh, Jesus. Okay. It's terrible. Um, <clears throat> fuck. All right. Happy Monday, guys. And welcome back to another episode of the Overcome Become podcast. With me, as always, is my co-host, Humberto Kaufman. And we hope today you find some motivation and uplifting words for our podcast. Uh, before we begin, if you like our content, please like, share, subscribe, and follow. We are on Spotify and YouTube. And now let's begin. Humberto, how are you today? I'm very well. Uh, quite busy the last couple of days uh, due to what's happening in the province. But uh, all in all, excellent. And touching on that a bit more, how's the transition been for you? What does your workload look like now with everything the way it is in the province? Uh, well, as we know, uh, and a lot of us, especially, of course, the people that live in Manitoba, now we are uh, in a full lockdown. Uh, this is not our first rodeo, and it's not mine as a coach dealing with the situation. I'm going to be honest. like I feel like I was prepared for it. I was expecting it. I mean, I was hoping it didn't happen, but I was prepared for it. Um, now I know how to deal with it in a more, more of a timely manner, uh, basically ensuring that every single client feels supported and adjusting things as needed, depending on what, on, on what they have available at home to work out. Uh, with so uh, this time around was a little bit more simple for me, less less stressful. Uh, I was very prepared for it. I'm very happy uh, about that. That's good to hear. And honestly, that probably probably the quick responses and how calm you've been yourself, and of course um, your partner when it comes to you know just adjusting everyone's plans, whether it's the meal plan, workout plans, to whatever they might have. It probably brought a lot of peace of mind to the clients and athletes as well. So that's really good to hear. Humberto, we have a couple things to talk about today. I wanted to keep it on a positive note, of course, just because, hey, you know, we're all about entertainment over here and we can provide a laugh or two, then why not? But we want to dive deeply into your show specifically, because that still has the green light and it's still good to go down in Cancun. And we just want to ask you, Initially, why did you choose to create the Cancun Classic? Uh, well, as some of you know, I was born and raised in Cancun, Mexico. I moved to Canada when I, when I was 19 years old. And uh, I my very first show was back home. Even though I was living here already, I went back for the summer in between terms uh, for university. I went back and I decided to do a show. Uh, I only prepped for four weeks. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, one of the personal trainers at the gym that I was training at said, hey, man, you should do a show. And I feel that back then, and it's still the case a little bit, people took their preps a little bit too lightly, especially if it was their first show. They would just, they'll, they'll say, screw it. I'm stepping on stage. I'm just going to that show, see what happens, right? Just to kind of get the experience. And then, you know, a lot of people ended up looking decent, but a lot of people ended up looking not good at all. Myself included, the first time that I did a show. Again, I prepped, air quotes, myself for four weeks. I don't know what kind of prep that would be. Um, and uh, I didn't know what I was doing. All the information that I was getting was from, you know, the internet and whatever forums. Uh, long story short, I don't even know what place I got because it was, I was like the 10th color. I don't know. It was terrible. But in any case, after doing that show, I came back home. Well, now I call home Canada because I've been living here for a while now. And, uh, and I competed here for the first time. So my second show was my first show uh, outside of Mexico. And just the difference in the quality and the level of the show itself 
made me realize that, you know, we were a little bit behind in Mexico when it came to the quality and how to run shows and the level of organization and just how to, just the overall experience. Um, a lot of these shows in Mexico these days, they're very, there's no investment in them or, or, or barely any investment. They will hold them at, and I'm not even joking, they will hold them at a basketball court. Um, you know, they will have very few categories. They my, my experience from the last time that I actually competed in one of these shows, just to put it bluntly, at the weigh-ins, there wasn't, they didn't have a scale. This was a provincial level show and there was no scale. So, you know, we know that categories or divisions rather like the bodybuilding division, the, the classic physique division and women's bodybuilding, you need to be weight in order for you to fall in a weight category. They didn't have a scale. So just... I think they only had like two categories in the open for bodybuilding. So they just, and, and the other thing, this is what, what got me the most is like, you would, you would go and then let's say you wanted to uh, register in the open class instead of the novice, they would take a look at you. And if they didn't think you would be good enough, they would tell you, no, you're going to the novice. So really they were judging you before the judging even started. So that to me was incredibly unfair. And this, there's certain practices that are a little bit unprofessional, in my opinion, you know, things you would have where there's definitely a conflict of interest. A, a trainer would be a judge. Uh, and we know that with the NPC and the CPA and the IVB Pro League, that's a no-no. It's, it's, it's a conflict of interest. It's, it's something that cannot happen. You cannot have someone that has athletes in the show being a judge. It's just pretty crystal clear to us, but that, uh, that's, common practice in Mexico as of right now. So all these little things made me really want to bring a high quality show to where I'm from. Um, of course, we chose to make it make it happen in, in, in such a year. Well, actually, we tried to make it happen last year, but due to the pandemic, we had to postpone to this year. We're still experiencing a few hiccups regarding the pandemic, uh, but uh, we're doing everything in our power to make it work. And as of right now, uh, the show is on board. Everything is... Uh, slowly developing towards uh, the show date and uh, hopefully this will be an eye-opening experience for a lot of a good positive experience for a lot of the competitors in the area this show however is also open to anyone in in any single state in mexico in any country of the world this is an international regional show from the npc worldwide i just wanted to bring i just wanted people to to have more options than than just the one and only option that takes place right now in in mexico where i'm from and uh Happy to say that we're doing just that. That's oh, great to hear. It's going to provide a lot of opportunities. I think one of the biggest things that uh, we initially talked about before was just bringing some real standards or Canadian standards. I guess we, sh we should put it that way. Canadian standards to bodybuilding shows in Mexico and having it run basically the way that it's, it is here, which is to high standard, proper regulations, kind of like you mentioned, you know, you were judged unfairly before you even stepped out on stage. None of that, but everything in a legitimate fashion to create every possible opportunity for somebody to actually succeed. So that's great to hear. I guess one thing I will ask is uh, we are on the topic of people who, for example, are like IFBB elite pros. So if they want to make the change and compete at your show to earn the actual or to, to earn a, a shot at a pro qualifier to try and win a pro card, they'd have to renounce their IFBB elite pro status, correct? Uh, yes, because you, at that point, once you have the pro card from that association, you you are a professional athlete from that association. And in order for you to be able to do one of our shows, which is an amateur show, you'll have to uh, let go of that um, 
of that pro card in order for you to be able to compete in uh, in a CPA or NPC or NPC Worldwide show. So this is something that is very important to keep in mind. Um, we welcome competitors from other associations uh, as long as they're amateur because we're an amateur association. If you're a professional athlete in another association, you have to basically establish yourself as an amateur competitor in order for you to be able to do so. And over the, over the last few years, we've had quite a few uh, pros from, from other associations to turn into, into the NPC Worldwide and the IFBB Pro League. Uh, they see the, the, the level that this association creates and the, the level of the athletes. And if you want to compete, you want to compete hopefully where there is the most, the highest level and the most high, uh, the highest level athletes in order for you to really truly see where you stand uh, in the ranks. Okay, fair enough. And would you say that that's something you're seeing more of as of late, or is it just a one-off? Because I see, well, obviously, without saying any names, you have the odd person who is an IPB Elite Pro who's tagging the Cancun Classic and is going to do your show. Is Would you say there's more of that happening around the world now, people trying to make the transition over to the actual IPB? Yeah, the, the beautiful thing, and I mean, one thing that bringing a, a show like ours uh, is forcing is the flow of, of information because there's a lot of misinformation in Mexico about what each association is and does and where it leads. Just having these shows more present and increasing our presence in, in Mexico is making people realize that we, the NPC worldwide, we are the only road to the Mr. Olympia if that's ever one of your goals. Some people don't even realize that that's even an option. All they see is, oh, this is a bodybuilding show. And I'm going to do it because I like bodybuilding, but more than actually thinking, they don't even allow themselves to think a little bit higher as to what is the road that I could potentially travel to and how high I can get. Like they don't, there's no vision. There's no clarity when it comes to this. Right. Uh, and now that we've made a point of, of getting a lot more information out there, you know, people are real, realizing, oh, this is a pretty good option. This is, you know, it, it, this sounds very, very appealing. The only problem is that some other associations have the practice of, let's just say threaten their athletes that in saying that if they go ahead and they compete with without association they will ban them for life and they won't be able to compete back so they're like spreading fear in that regard which is something that if you if you're for the athletes if, if this is what i think if you're confident in what you're off what you're offering in your association that shouldn't be the case we welcome again as i mentioned athletes from other other associations and you we are not necessarily telling telling you that you should be exclusive to ours you can Keep going back and forth. I mean, we, we just want you to see what we can offer and, and, and the experience that, that you can have doing one of our shows. And if you like it and you decide to stay with us, awesome. If not, we're not going to threaten anyone. That's how it should be, right? You should be, you should be able to essentially to, you know, dabble in whatever organization you want to at the end of the day and find what works for you. But no, it's good to hear for the most part. Absolutely. Uh, opening up more doors for more athletes is always the way to go. Switching gears a little bit here. We've spoken in the past about people when it comes to prep and having certain mindsets and how they approach things. And, you know, I know in the past we've spoken um, about being too cocky or arrogant or making claims or whatever. And, you know, I can't, I can't help but think back to this past weekend. You know, I was at work and I know you watched the highlights too. And I was watching the Indie Pro highlights and, you know, talking about a high, talk about high level athletes, you have someone. Mm -hmm like mm -hmm. blessing mm -hmm. who basically is a showman, right? He was trying to stir the drama with somebody who actually has a lot of hype built around them to try and sell a pay-per-view. Um, 
But if you water it down, you take it back down to, let's say, for example, the regional level, there's a lot of people like Blessing who make a lot of claims. They talk a lot of shit. They say they're going to do this, that, and the third, going to win overalls, et cetera. And then show day comes and they get fucked. And it's embarrassing in a way because it's like, why would you talk all that shit? So I just want to dive into that a little bit because I think the person who makes those claims when they can't back it up look extremely foolish. In this case, on the pro level of things, this was Blessing's pro debut. He took third place at a lower length, lower ranked pro show, but subjectively, the argument could have been made for second call. So I just want to hear what you have to say about that. I'm sure you got a couple valid points that you can make when it comes to any level of competing. I don't know. In my opinion, 99.99999% of times that people act in this way, they end up not being able to back it up. It's like, think about it. Like, who is the last person that acted like that and, and, and just so confident and so... And I'm talking about bodybuilding. I'm not talking about other sports. I'm talking about bodybuilding because then you have guys like Conor McGregor and, you know, he does that and he actually wins, you know, in some cases, some cases he doesn't, but he's been able to at least do some of that and, and back it up. Now in bodybuilding, I can't really think of anyone in the last few years that, because if you actually think about the champions today, that aggressively, as we're talking about, like literally from day one, just overly confident, cocky, and just talking smack about the opponent or whoever this person decides to target or whatever. The champions don't really do that. Like think about the last few Mr. Olympias. I mean, Phil Heath was a, a little bit of an anomaly, but he was he was quite confident, but he wasn't even to the degree of, of, of overly confident as blessing was during this approach and, and blessing again as you mentioned he hasn't done anything like you, if you haven't done anything you're acting this way you are you're looking delusional in my opinion because you, there's absolutely nothing to back it up with. and we're talking about the professional level what makes you think that it's acceptable for you to do it at the amateur level especially regional level um, i don't know if it's something that helps them whether it's putting pressure on themselves and it helps them really push a little bit farther it helps them mentally somehow but if it doesn't if it doesn't go your way you're going to look really foolish and in my experience a lot in a lot of cases they start with this approach and then they find a reason of why they can't compete and end up bailing out because of whatever the reason was which is probably bullshit uh because they they realize i'm not going to be able to back it up i'm not going to be able to to basically deliver and why the hell did I even so best approach in my opinion is just the, the, the fact that you're portraying humility doesn't mean that you should be as humble inside you can just be overly confident if you want inside but it's it's I don't think it's the best approach to externalize that and post about it and tell people what you're gonna do and and just carry yourself in that way I mean yeah at the end of the day it just you're just you're just asking for it in a way you know you make all those claims, whatever the level might be. It's almost like you're inviting the negativity to kind of just fall on top of you, right? Because then there's so much pressure. And like you said, maybe some people do it for the sake of they just want pressure. Or maybe some I, people are sorry. I think he did it for pure marketing. I don't I don't buy the fact that he's that delusional, to be quite honest. I just think he I mean, he's benefited in some way from the following, and whether it's like positive or negative following, it is following. Um, you know, yes, he wasn't able to deliver. There's a lot of people like, you know, talking negatively about him, about his performance, how he wasn't able to, you know, back up what he was talking about. But at the, at the end of the day, he's still 
being followed by these people. So we know in this day and age with that, with social media, the more following that you have, the, the opportunities and possibilities and sponsorships and endorsements, they just, you know, they, they, they increase along the way too. So, you know, third place for a pro debut, that's amazing, obviously. But then again, people would have been like, would have talked a lot more positively about this outcome, which is amazing for a pro debut, had he carried himself a little bit more humble. Absolutely. All it, I mean, if we would have just took a step and took a step back, whatever, yeah, he would have gotten praise from a lot of people. But the minute you start doing that, well, there is no humility anymore. People don't give a shit that you actually place third because it's like, wow, it's like, but you claimed you were going to get first. You claim this is the warm up, you know? Is the new is the New York Pro this weekend? New York Pro's this weekend. Oh, so okay. So that that this is basically the weekend that he's been leading up to and talking about, which is a New York Pro in which he will go against Nick Walker. Walker if they end up in the same color. It's but it's you know, okay. So Justin Rodriguez is an amazing athlete. Like he's always been up there, you know, top three, first call out, whatever. His first actual pro win. Um, and it's kind of it the proof is in the pudding. It was a smaller show, right? Indy was a smaller show. You go to a show like New York Pro where there's a lot more people gonna show up, a lot more complete athletes. I don't think Blessing's even gonna be in the first call out. I don't think so. There's no way. It depends, it depends on how big the call out is. Because if you have a, a call out of seven, maybe. No, maybe. But but we're talking about top five, right? Yeah, well, that's what I'm what's what I'm getting at, top five. Like because then you can say, oh, I got the first call out, and then you got seven. It's like, okay, cool. I guess yeah, exactly. it's the first call out, but it's like, a, it's a very long, big first call out. Watch, that's just it, right? But I mean, we'll see what happens. I honestly, I kind of wish he didn't do the indie pro because I was more excited to watch him and Nick go up there. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a Nick Walker fan favorite personally. So I thought he, I would have only bought the pay per view because I wanted to see Nick Walker win. But now that he, blessing both flat on his face at indie, I don't actually want to. I kind of think that he played it safe and he really wanted to see what the peaking would look like so he doesn't make a full fool out of himself when he came to the New York Pro. Uh, yeah. I mean, okay, here's the thing. With a guy like him, so, okay, people might hate what I'm about to say, but with a guy like Blessing, Blessing before Chris Bumstead just won the Olympia this past year had a bigger following than Chris. Mm-hmm. He did. Guys got over like 1 million followers his sales with Redcon are probably through the roof. Um, arguably, the guy probably doesn't actually need to compete in the pro league unless it's in his contract from Redcon, right? Because he's probably making crazy money off the revenue from his sales. So the reason why I bring that up is he could have afforded to not do Indy, do New York. And if he fell flat in his face there, at least it doesn't look as bad as how it's going now. Where now it's like, I don't know, something tells me, man, he might just skip New York altogether. He says he's going to do it, but I don't know if he's actually going to do it. Like what could possibly change in the span of seven days from one show to the next. You know how bad it would look if he ends up not doing it in New York? You know, it would look even worse than what's happening right now. And that's, then again, that would be a perfect example of people that, you know, talk that way and then they realize, uh, maybe I should keep my mouth shut and then they just call it quits. They'll come up with an excuse. No one really knows whether it's true or not, especially if it's a, like a very, uh, like a touchy subject excuse or something. No one's going to ask you or dig deeply. It's, 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 it is what it is. They're not going to be like, oh, I wonder, like, especially, I don't know. There's so many 
things that a person can come up with, and especially if, if people can't really corroborate or, or, or just ensure that that's the truth, like you just say whatever, and then, oh, that was the reason. Sure. Okay, cool. Like, there's no way of us knowing whether that's true or not, right? So I think yeah, it would yeah. look very badly if, if he just doesn't do the New York Pro. If he does it, and if he did the indie to kind of test it for the New York, yeah, you might be right. He might not need to do anything. But, you know, then again, maybe he really is passionate about bodybuilding and there's the ego element you know he maybe he really wants to beat uh nick walker right so that's why he played it safe to ensure that he comes at his best for the second show oh man he's got a like okay and the, and the biggest thing is like blessing has an amazing coach we got chad Nick. he did look very conditioned i mean obviously there's always room for more but it's just the size right the size is really what was lacking um, we'll see what happens next weekend. I can't picture Blessing even being in the top five. I can't, not with him showing up. Even even like there's going to be more registrations before the week is, is done for that show. But you already picture it. I'm like, ah, top three, Nick Walker, Hassan, maybe even Justin Rodriguez if he does it, does the New York Pro, which I'm sure he will do it because he's from New York. Who else we got? Juan Diesel or Juan Morel. He always does the New York Pro. They all do. All the Spanish guys do. And they all look fucking great. So, like, that's what I mean. I can't picture, I cannot picture Blessing cracking the top five. There's, It's so stacked. Yeah. I guess we, we won't know until we know, but I don't know. Yeah. That it's one so, I, I would like I, I would like to live stream, actually, to actually watch it. So It, it would probably be worth it um, based off people competing. All right. Let's switch gears a little bit here. Okay. The question that I have, now it's more of an opinion, and I'm curious on your thoughts. There are a lot of people who look better on Instagram than they do in real life. And there are a lot of people that aren't this photogenic or, for example, don't know how to take a photo that look much better in real life versus Instagram. What's your thought on that? You yeah, that's that's a, that's something that people need to realize, especially the people that are just getting started in the fitness industry and then they see the results, um, you know, on, on Instagram or NPC News Online or whatever the case may be. Um, Google, when they see the top five of a show and um you're like that that looks wrong that doesn't i don't know i'm confused i don't know what the judge is looking for or whatever in many many cases what you see on instagram and pictures and even on, on live video is quite different than the real thing in person case in point i think it was the 212 the winner he looked good but in my opinion from what i saw nothing really he, we had guys like john jewett that absolutely peel i thought he was going to take it uh, conditioning wise i think he was the guy that had the most amazing conditioning in the entire show probably so from pictures from videos i see him as a winner but then he won he did he, he took third place i think and someone else took first place in pictures in my opinion and then again there's always the element of the personal opinion are you biased towards a physique because they have what you lack because that's the case with me i know like what do i look like what do I look for when I see physiques? The, the poses that I, I'm not as good at, that's what I look at the most. And I, that's, I call myself just really being what I look at. I look at calves. I look at uh, bigger chest. I look at just whatever. So there's always going to be that bias of what it is that you are looking for in a physique or what, in your opinion, is a good, complete physique. So keep that in consideration. But also in person, things are going to look very often very, very different than from, uh, you know, what you see in pictures and in video and whatnot. So something very important to keep in mind. And there's, I've been, I've been told by fellow competitors, people that competed against me and, and, and whatnot, that I look better in person than in pictures. Uh, I don't know 
what exactly that means, whether I, my pictures suck or whether I just look that much better in person, I don't know. But really, if you think about it, all that matters is how you look live right in front of those judges that they have a show in person. So I'll take it. That's all that matters, really. Not really. We're not going for the Instagram classic. We're going for whatever profile fire I'm doing, right? <laughs> so uh, something to really keep in mind. And, and there are people that look amazing in, 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 in videos and pictures and posts with the filters. Sometimes not even with the filters, but then you're like, wow, I don't see that person not doing as well. And then they get second color. You're like, what the hell happened? There's so many things that could happen, right? One of them, they didn't pick properly. They went over, they were short, they were flat, they were, the posing was terrible. And that automatically makes the perception of your physique look like less than it actually is. You know, the actual flow, the proportions, the movement just looks awkward or it's just off and the pictures are always taken in proper angles or a specific time of day where they look the best or after they compete, uh, they train when they have a pump and they didn't get a good pump when they were, uh, when they were pumping right before stepping on stage or their tan was bad, they didn't do their, you know, their skin prep. There's so many things that contribute towards the physique looking different than what you actually see on pictures and on video, right? So um, yeah, it is a thing. It's something that is always to be taken into consideration, even as a coach, right? As a coach, you know, you may prefer either pictures, you may prefer videos, whatever is best for, for the coach. I personally prefer videos closer to the show because you get to see the actual movement. You get to see what the physique looks like when the bikini girls, when they walk, if there's any jiggle, if there's any still fat in certain key areas. Uh, sometimes when you, when you move, they look very, they look uh, a lot different than it actually does on, uh, on a picture. Right. So it's something that needs to be uh, also taken into consideration. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, I always think of the people that, um, you could tell they're very out of breath, for example, like guys specifically, and they'll blow out all their air to really squeeze that flex and try and show that vascularity, you know, then you slide the structure, the structure filter a little bit, and all of a sudden you look very defined. Yeah. And, and, and that's another thing too with guys, right? Like with guys, when they actually take the picture, you know, they blow it out fully, it looks amazing, but maybe their transitions from the back to the front or from the front to the side, they let go of the abdomen and you see in person how much extension it actually happens. That creates a different vision of the entire physique, right? It creates a certain statement of, well, there's definitely a distension. There's no, no abdominal control. And even though the actual poses themselves, the physique looks amazing, you can't help but, but see that there's some distension happening. The guy is, you know, running out of air or, you know, just doesn't have the, the, the muscular endurance or posing endurance to make the physique look good at all times. Yeah, no doubt. All right, well, switching gears here, I guess one last question that I have, which we can end there, if you like, on a positive note. How was Mother's Day? What did you guys do? Well, there's not a lot of things we can do because of the current situation. We, we just ended up having breakfast here uh, with my wife and, uh, and my daughter. Um, it's all about the moment. You know, it's, it's all about the quality of time that you spend with your with your loved ones, especially right now, you know, uh, I know a lot of relationships took a toll and were effective, affected during the first and second lockdowns. But um, now more than ever is when you, when it's important to take a step back and really appreciate these relationships or close ones, instead of like stepping away or just, just isolating yourself from these people, because you're experiencing a certain number of emotions inside internally, anger, sadness, depression, whatever. Uh, you know, don't, don't push them away. Actually bring them even closer. Really, really work on developing even further that relationship if, if, if possible. So yeah, it was all about spending time together. 
Um, I mean, my wife wasn't called because she's a full, uh, full-time nurse. Uh, she luckily did not get called, so that was that was that was a plus. So yeah, it was it was good. We were all you know inside. With <laughs> again, we can't go to restaurants. We can do much, but uh, it's not really about exactly what it is that you do, but rather the people and the quality of time that you spend with them. Oh, that's good. Well, what about um, you? What about yourself? What do you do? Uh, I didn't do much, man. Um, restrictions aside, um, I'll just say it. I went out to Charleswood, spent time with my mom. You know, she was just happy to see me. Um, I actually don't see her super often just because she's constantly working. She actually works in healthcare as well. She works at Pan Am clinics. So, I mean, for her, like she's got both vaccinations already. So the fear of potentially passing something isn't really there. And if it is, I mean, she gets lonely and stuff. She tells me to come by anyway. So whatever. So I went over there, had some coffee. She ate. I watched because meal prep. (laughs) Uh Uh So she's sitting there making, She's sitting there making like refried beans from scratch and tortillas and fucking guacamole, like all this shit. And she's like, are you sure you don't want to eat? You don't need to tell your coach. And I'm like, no, I I can't eat. I'm like, (laughs) inside, inside, I'm like, I slightly hate you right now, but today's your day. So we sat there, ate, had some laughs, whatever. I don't know, man. It was nice. It was just a quality time. And then, you know, she, uh. She's a big sports fan, so she's proceeded to tell me about basketball and shit that I don't really care about. But hey, it makes her happy. So. <laughs> you know what? Some people actually send their loved ones to ask me whether they can have a cheat meal or deviate from their diet. That's a strategy some people use. Really? Yeah. Why? Because uh, I don't know. Because they're they they may be like, well, I can't. It's 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 my coach says no. Do you want me to ask them? They're not gonna say no. So. You know, it's not even, man, you know what it is? It's not even, uh, I can't because my, because my coach said no, it's, I can't because I don't want to. But for a lot of people is is because my coach said no. The people are, I mean, not, not everyone, of course, but some people, they, it takes them a while to get to that mentality, which is the right mentality. But, you know, right now they almost see it as, well, I have to listen to my coach, whatever he says goes, right? They Later they learn that it's more of a collaboration, but for now they see it as, that's a no. He said no. Unless he says yes, then I can't. You know what I mean? It's a little bit more simple-minded at the beginning, but then your yeah. your thinking changes. The thinking, I think, I think it takes time for sure. I mean, every everyone's probably a little bit different, right? Not everybody thinks the same way. For me, it's easier to tell my old Hispanic mother that it's your fault, not mine. Because if I tell her no, I don't want. She goes. Oh, but you, you're frail. You need to eat. And I'm like, the fuck are you talking Bl- about? Blame it on me. That's do. Hey, you got to do what you got to do, man. It's so much easier, man. It's so much easier. But <laughs> anyways, with that being said, man, I, don't got, I don't got anything else unless you got something. No, we covered, uh, I think we covered everything we should be covering. Oh, All right. I have a question for you, actually. You have a question um, for me. See, yeah. I'm curious about, uh, Byron. I'm curious. Fucking asshole. Uh, what are you curious about, sir? So, you know how obviously a lot of people are the furthest from happy with the current situation, how the government is handling uh, the lockdowns. People believe that the lockdowns, lockdowns don't work. Whatever the case is, you know, gyms closes, businesses being affected. Um, I feel like a lot of us or a lot of people in general can't help but fall under what you would call the victim mentality. How would you describe this victim mentality and what would you what would you suggest someone that falls under that mentality does what train of thought or what psychological approach to get himself out of this situation uh what would you suggest they do okay so to make it 
as simple and as watered down as possible. The, vict- the victim's mentality essentially is no matter how many positives you're presented with, you always try to find the negative in a situation while ignoring what potential positive lessons or outcomes can come from it. I think we're all guilty at some point or another, um, maybe not this lockdown, but in the last 14 months, feeling sorry for ourselves, at least for a moment, right? I know myself personally, there have been moments where I didn't want to fucking hear anything anybody had to say. Didn't matter who you were, if you're the girl I was dating at the time, whatever, my mom, you didn't care. Didn't want to hear it because I was just too bent out of shape about the situation going on that I couldn't see any of the positives. If we're talking about life specifically at this current moment, if you are the type of person who is constantly focused on just the negatives, then you're and you're saying, woe is me constantly, or I'm in this situation and phrasing like this, then you're letting yourself be absorbed by the victim's mentality. And it's incredibly toxic and unhealthy, not just for you, but whoever's around you, because you have to remember energy is contagious. If I'm negative and I have my daughter around or a friend or whoever, and I'm constantly negative and I'm complaining and I'm venting and I'm making it seem like the world is my enemy, it's going to brush off on them. It's kind of like fear. Fear is contagious, right? Everything is contagious. So it's almost irresponsible in a way to live that mentality. Do things suck right now? Sure. But it's not just for one person. So it's unfair to play the victim. It's everybody. Everyone's going through it. It doesn't even matter if, for example, you're at work full time or you're considered essential or whatever, or you're exempt from wearing a mask for health reasons or whatever it might be because you already got your vaccinations. Like Everyone's going through it, right? So one of the biggest things that you need to remember is that there is a positive at the end of the day. Let's relate this to bodybuilding right now. If we go back to one year ago, we are in the exact same position, except this is all brand new. Nobody knew what to expect. No one knew how to respond to it. All we knew was that there was a virus and there was a pandemic and that things were uncertain, right? But the positives were simple. Uh, We had each other as a group, Atlas specifically. We all had communication with each other the group chat was firing like 24 7 and like sometimes there were arguments and stuff between people but at the same time at least everybody was communicating so people were trying to find the positives and build relationships and bonds and you know at the end of the day we all became stronger because of it it was almost like the show got pushed back then it got pushed back again then canceled and postponed and whatever but it still happened and it was finding the positive which was strengthened groups that got everybody through it in this case it's kind of like the same thing you know, nothing's been postponed. So don't think about it. Don't don't even look at it like that. But you need to find the positives. And they might actually be right in front of your face. And you're just so caught up in the negative that you can't see it. You know, sometimes working out at home, it te- teaches you different things. I remember we spoke with Amr. And Amr was talking to us about resistance training. And he asked us flat out, like, do you guys ever do resistance, resistance training? We both kind of said, like, no. Why? We basically gave him, like, why would we? You know, because we both had access to gyms and whatever. And he goes, well, you know you will find that it's actually incredibly effective. And to be fair, the proof is in the pudding with their programs as well and their clients. We see progress all over the place, right? We see progress all over the place from people working out at home, training at home, getting leaner, maybe not getting bigger, but definitely improving regardless, right? So the victim's mentality can consume you and you can become a very hateful person or you could rise above it, acknowledge that that's what you're doing, which is having that mentality, push past it, find the positives, and just focus on getting through each day instead of, you know, looking at it as weeks or months or whatever. And if you mm-hmm. do it that way, your life is going to become a lot easier. Instead of focusing on uh, 
you know, I got X amount of months to get ready for a show. Kind of like our friend Sean used to say, just win the day. <laughs> yeah. Beautifully said, man. I couldn't agree more with absolutely everything you just said. Thank you. But with that being said, uh, we're going to bring this episode to a close, guys. Uh, thank you. Episode will be up on YouTube shortly by the time you guys probably hear us on Spotify. So take care of yourselves. And uh, if you guys like, you can reach out to us on the Overcome Become Instagram or one of our personal Instagrams. If you guys want a couple shout outs, I don't know, tag our, tag our, tag our, our podcast accounts on your home workout videos. Maybe we'll repost you too. And so, if there's any topics that you would like to talk about, definitely reach out to us. If you guys want to hear about more things that Humberto is curious about, I'd be happy <laughs> to ask him those questions. There you very have it. Very curious, Mammy's Very curious. We are both. <laughs> Take care, guys. All right. See you, man. Wait.